0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Daniel Day podcast, a podcast all about discipleship and leadership. I'm Daniel Day, your host, welcome to the program. Uh, today on the podcast, we are joined with Kevin Weaver, the CEO and co-founder of The Warrior's Journey, a ministry and a service to our nation's heroes and their families. And uh, so we're bringing you a very special live broadcast in honor of Veterans Day week. And so we want to begin by saying thank you to those who have served in our nation's military and their families because they go through such unique uh, challenges and opportunities. And uh, so we would not be where we are today if not for the servicemen and women of our military. And so thank you. And uh, so if you are just hopping on, would you do us a favor? Would you please heart the video? Because Facebook likes hearts better than thumbs. And so if you will actually heart the video, it will tell the algorithm to push it to more people. That's how Facebook works these days. So if you love your veterans, give the video a heart and uh, also share the video because we want to tell as many people as possible today about this amazing organization and what they're doing to help our nation's heroes. Hey, Kevin, listen, what I like to do on my podcast is I always open up with prayer. And so as we get started, would you please take us to the Lord and uh, bless our conversation?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Daniel. Thank you. Father, we are grateful for the opportunity to just uh, have a, a, a coffee coffee topic or a coffee table kind of discussion today about some of the realities that our military members and their families face. I thank you for Daniel and uh, for his willingness to give the opportunity to bring awareness and focus to so many individuals and family members who have sacrificed so much for our country. And we appreciate God the opportunity to invite you now into this conversation and pray that you would guide the process. Uh, uh, May we, be led of your presence and your spirit, Lord. Today, as we uh, talk about the important needs that are that our veterans are facing, and and really the amazing solutions that are so available to each of these to bring hope and healing to their lives, uh, they've given so much. Now we pray that we can give so much back uh, in taking care of them. And so, uh, so again, uh, I commit this to you and ask you to guide our steps in this con- conversation in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Kevin.
0: As we get started with the interview, would you take a moment to better introduce yourself? Tell us about your family and how you came to feel uh, the Lord calling you to begin the warrior's journey.
1: Yeah, so I, I myself was introduced to the military when I was uh, a couple of years into college. I uh, through a, a really candid conversation with my father, uh, and being encouraged by him to, uh, to maybe think of a different or an altered path, you know, not just a traditional path. And so through that, I actually enlisted in the air force, uh, back in 1982. Uh, so I'm dating myself here. Uh, but, uh, that was a, a really pivotal point in my life. Not only, um, Physically, because I, I I was going to enter into something that I was not you know exposed to or had been exposed to in the past, but also mentally and spiritually for me, I was a you know I was a believer. I had made a commitment to Christ in high school, and uh, I have many people tell me don't go in the military because you can't be a Christian and be in the military, which is so 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 far from the truth. Uh, and I'd committed myself to making sure that not only did that not happen, but I wanted to to thrive and grow. And 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 it was interesting looking back. It was probably the one of the most important trans- transformational experiences for me uh, to be able to experience the military, uh, to be exposed to that kind of relationship with other other men and women who who were willing to you know raise their right hand, sign a blank check, and to say, "Hey, I'm willing to give my life." I took that very seriously. Um, I'm a very patriotic person. Uh, I, I've always believed in the ideals of America, and so this was a really something I enjoyed diving into. So long story short, uh, went through basic training. Uh, I was selected to be a security forces officer. Um, and so, uh, back in the day they called that, uh, uh basically it was law enforcement, you know, but inside the, inside the military. And, um, so I went through the police academy there at Lackland Air Force Base after uh, my basic training, and then I got orders to go to Panama, U.S. Southern Command headquarters. And uh, I thought it, I thought it meant Panama City, Florida. You know, I love Florida, but uh, I looked a little closer and said, uh, you know, Central America. I'm like, oh wow, you know. In fact, I was the only guy in my whole squadron, or like 200 of us at the time, that got orders to go overseas. And I thought, hmm, this is interesting. You know, God's got something. You know, important here, uh, wasn't an easy transition for me because I really didn't have a desire to necessarily go overseas right away. But, um, and I'll just fast forward through that. So I ended up doing a two-year tour there. I extended another two years, and then I extended another two years. I I, I enjoyed it that much that my whole experience, active duty in the Air Force, was in U.S. Southern Command at the time. Uh, right up until the time that I exited at the end of 1987, uh, 88 area. So, and then I did uh, two years of kind of inactive reserve, but but I really enjoyed that. And I probably would have stayed in if it wasn't for the fact that I felt like God had called me to go into uh, to a pastoral role in, into ministry, which is what I did then for... 30 plus years following my military experience. In fact, my first pastorate was going back to Panama, my wife and I, and we pastored a church to American military for several years, uh, right after the invasion in 19, uh, 1989. And so went back to Panama and, and really enjoyed that. That was a, another formative time. And uh, so military ministry has always been a part of what I did through the years in the different places, uh, planting different churches and being involved in revitalization of churches. You know, the, the veteran community has been a very, very big part of what we feel like we we would invest in and carry that down to, to my family. So I have three boys, uh, my wife and I, uh, they're all growing and gone now, have their own families. We, uh, we have five grandchildren, one on the way. Uh, so uh, they're all doing well. Uh, my oldest son is a worship leader at a church in Kansas city. Um, and then my middle son, um, he is, and I know we're Facebook live here, so I'm going to be a little careful here, but uh, he is in a special operations community in the U S army um and so uh i'll just kind of leave it at that i wish i could say more i and i hate when people say this, like oh you know hush hush but but just because of identity issues you know we do have to be careful but we're very proud of him he is uh, he's a captain and he is a he's a team leader um in his in his team um so we're very proud of all that he's done he was with you uh 75th ranger regiment for almost 4 years prior to what, what he's doing now and uh, deployed To Afghanistan three specific times. Um, He's getting ready to go on his seventh combat deployment here in a few months. So, um, so it's, you know, we, we understand what it means to be parents now, which I, wow, you know, it's that, that whole expression has been different. Um, My youngest son is also um, in the military. He's a, he's a young junior captain, but getting ready to take his first company command up at Fort Riley. Uh, he'll be at, uh, uh, over a cav company attached to the first ID and uh, he's going to sign for uh, uh, probably uh, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of tanks. He's an armor armor officer. So uh, he, he's a little nervous about that. I'm kind of nervous with him. So, you know, I almost think like, you know, in the army, you guys, are you guys sure? You know, it's funny how they give these young guys, you know, lots of responsibility, but but the training is amazing. So we're very proud of our kids and our boys and, uh, and they're all serving the Lord, you know, and uh, they make that the cornerstone of their, you know, of their leadership qualities. And so I think God's really blessed that. So, so to to, basically to sum it up, we are in the middle of it, you know, not just ministering to veterans, but we're also experiencing it as a family real time. Um, And and so it's a, it's a very important part of our life and uh, really thankful for uh, really the opportunity to serve.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for living this out. Thank you for your time serving our nation as a veteran. Thank you for instilling within your children Uh, number one faith in christ and serving the kingdom that's the number one success of any parent is that their kids would follow and then not only that but following in your patriotism and um and so for anyone listening or watching this podcast today we're speaking with someone who knows what it's like to be deployed knows what it's like to be a parent of children who are deployed and, uh, this is not just something you do, but it's a calling and you're doing very, very well at this. And God is even opening doors for you now, even today, later, you're going to be meeting with members of our government to see what more you can do to serve our nation's military. So I praise God with you, uh, uh, regarding all of these many, uh, open doors that God is giving you. So that's tremendous. So let's dive in. I got a couple of questions for you. Sure. And I would love for you. To just give us sixty seconds uh, to tell us, you know, maybe maybe take two minutes um, and just tell us an overview of some of the services that the Warriors Journey uh, offers to military families.
1: Yeah, I can do this. I think pretty briefly here, but so we have we have four major deliverables Uh, because the military is the type of environment where it creates unique challenges that most people don't understand. Uh, less than one half of 1% of our US population right now is serving active duty. So there's there's this really big gap, you know, of awareness of what takes place in the hearts and minds of of our military members. Uh, and, and it's, you know, Daniel, that's not a criticism either. It's just a fact. Um, and I don't blame the general public for that, because if you haven't experienced it, you know, how can you know? So I understand makes sense, you know, that people wouldn't. So we felt it was important that we brought some level of awareness, which with also giving opportunity for our military members to, to have what they need to be served uh, outside of the military, you know, what they can't Find their, you know, while they're serving or after. So we have created a pretty robust website. We did some research with the Pentagon back in 2014 and 15. Uh, we did an extensive survey and we gathered some information with the help of the Harvard School of Business. We were able to assimilate the data that said that these were the top 12 issues that uh, military members and their families face. PTSD, we hear a lot about that and it is an issue, you know, um, uh, but it's only about 26 to 27% of the military actually would say that they have that issue so that leaves a lot of other issues right on the table and i could say that pretty much 100 of the of the armed forces and even the veterans after they serve isolation is the number one challenge Um, because they do feel like what they've experienced is so unlike anything that they find in our culture it's really hard for them to relate, or sometimes even transition back into a civilian role after the things that they've seen, experienced, or been a part of, uh, because the military life is—it's—it's it's, it's just like all the all your senses are, are are heightened, whether you saw combat or not, even being part of a uh, a team that that obviously is there to fight and win wars, right? So we created a website. Uh, Because isolation, even when you're isolated, people are still online. So we figured, hey, let's leverage the online tool. And we've taken these 12 issues and we've created a very robust expression of how to overcome, how to deal with and find hope and healing within the framework of these issues through video testimonies and articles that have been written Over 5,000 articles now on our website and video testimonies. So people can explore at their own pace. And then when they're ready, every page, it says, let's talk. And when they're ready, this is what makes it an interactive experience. They can click, let's talk. They share a little bit about themselves. We get them connected one-on-one with a warrior connector, uh, someone of like rank, branch, and, and also who has a faith testimony that can triage their situation. And we're not counselors. We're just there to be a battle buddy, you know, there just to just to kind of link arms with someone and say, hey, uh, you're not alone let's start talking about what are the results. And so that's, that's really the primary we see anywhere from 17 to 20,000 individuals a month uh, on our, on our website that are engaging with us. And it's, and it's not just warriors, you know, that are, that are, you know, actively serving, it could be veterans and their families. Cause we, we stretch that out to all of them because they're in our, in our book, they're all amazing people. You know, they're, they're all making that sacrifice equally. Right. So, um, very briefly, then, that led to us developing services. Uh, so we offer workshops for churches, businesses. Uh, we are offering services to active duty um, um command. So uh, we'll do command staff briefings on the importance of spiritual resiliency. In fact, that's where I was at, at Fort Bliss this week. I'll be at Fort uh, Sill here next week doing the same thing, working with chaplains. Uh, so we offer tremendous services and, and services to churches, you know, military-friendly church workshops, you know, helping churches to come to a place where they can feel like they, they have more confidence and then the resources to, to deal with or to at least meet the needs of those veterans that are there in their community. Many times pastors are a little uh, not sure what to do, you know, so we we try to help them find that, which lends to the fact that we also have developed resources, uh, small group study guides, the warriors Bible, uh, many, many, uh, literally dozens of of resources, uh, that we can bring to you. And then finally, because we knew we couldn't do everything, we, we are unable to meet all the needs. We partnered then with, uh, many other organizations to include, uh, organizations like Mighty Oaks, Reboot Combat Recovery, um, other uh, many many others uh, include and the, and the VA as well, the DOD, you know, we've been able to even create film for the DOD. They contracted us to do film testimonies. They really have enjoyed seeing the the robust quality, I think, and also the very fact that we can tell the story that integrates uh, someone's spiritual life. Uh, we've had tremendous open doors. We haven't had pushback. That's been pretty amazing. So so those are the services that we offer. But I think the primary thing is that one-on-one opportunity to give, you know, someone who really just needs to talk that initial idea and then to, and to integrate. Uh, real briefly, I'll just mention the suicide thing. We had 289 suicidal interventions through 2016 to the end of 2020. So 289. And we're thankful that out of all those, we hadn't lost one person. And uh, we really attribute that to the fact that we could introduce the spiritual element. And that is what's given individuals really great hope. Um, since the beginning of this year, through the end of last month, uh, we've had over 650 uh, suicidal interventions. So Three times the amount of what we've had in the last four years. Yeah. So this issue is not getting any better, and, right. uh, and and to some degree, hopefully, we're getting a little bit better making that connection. So
0: yeah, praise God. Well, let's um, let me just drill a little deeper into what you're offering Christians and churches and resourcing God's people to minister to military families. Uh, for three and a half years, my wife and I did ministry in El Paso. Uh, Mm -hmm. from there we went to Delaware, planted a church. We, you know, so we have the Air Force base there. So we we've done ministry to military families, and obviously there are a few military families in our church now in Florida. Uh, sometimes um people want to do and say the right things. Um, Mm -hmm. and in the nervousness that comes from just not knowing what to do, not knowing what to say, not knowing how to relate. Uh, to someone who has seen combat or been in the military, we can actually end up saying the wrong things, or um, you know, offending even, or just not being very helpful. So, what what do you say? What are some basic things we can do as a as a body of believers to be a great
1: encouragement
0: to veterans?
1: It's a great question, Daniel, and um, I know that. The common thing that we hear probably most is, so thank you for your service. And, you know, maybe even in a church service or in a setting where it's public or private, you know, we'll have people will clap, we'll say we appreciate you. And that and that's all good. And, and I think there's there's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, but what I find is a lot of veterans in the back of their minds, especially those who have been in combat or in combat situations, and there's many, you know, who have been to Afghanistan, Iraq, other places of the world, and they say, well, if you knew what my service is all about, you wouldn't be thanking me, Um, you know, because they feel like it's a, it's a naive statement and they don't, they many guys don't feel like necessarily that's, it's not that it's not genuine, but it really doesn't necessarily resonate because they feel like there's this disconnect. Right. And that's, and I, and let me speak to the veterans that are listening to this too, because you're a veteran. That's not really fair either. You know, you've got to give, you've got to give credit to someone who's saying, Hey, I just want to thank you. I really do thank you from the bottom of my heart. And, and though it may feel like a token expression, I think we have to be careful as veterans, not to, you know, not to just surpass or somehow believe that that person's motivation wasn't, wasn't right. So uh, all that to say that uh, to encourage you, I think, go, let's go a little deeper. If you want to go a little deeper, think in terms of knowing that these are individuals who, who really signed a blank check and they were willing to give their life. Uh, Many of them didn't come home. Uh, And those who did come home came with some pretty serious uh, wounds physically, you know, or even, even more devastating sometimes, I think, or as equally devastating, I should say, is the invisible wounds that guys carry, you know, that the the things that we are not wired to do, you know, they do that and then they have to deal with that for the rest of their lives. And so that's that's where we hopefully come in. So I would say this, when you, number one, don't be nervous. I, I, I appreciate the fact that you said that because There really isn't any reason to be nervous. It's a human being just like you. And although they've experienced some things that maybe you haven't, doesn't mean that they still don't have the need to be, you know, loved. This is, you know, they need to be loved. We need to belong. We all need to feel like we have a purpose in our life and we need to be valued. Those are the four core elements that we train our connectors to to engage with when guys connect with us and guys and gals when they do, you know, is it an issue of love, belonging, you know, value or purpose or a combination? And let's just encourage them to find that, hey, God still has a plan. And ultimately that's where you find that hope. So when you're a person who doesn't understand, you can do the same thing, love on that person, know that they need community and be that community for them. And I think instead of being nervous just say, and instead of saying, maybe just thank you for your service, maybe go a little deeper and say, thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for the sacrifices you made so that my family and I, even though we don't understand all that that means, here's what we do understand. Your efforts prevented another attack like 9-11 for the last 20 years your efforts allow me to have the liberty and freedom that I get to experience every day. The fact that I even go to church, I attribute so much of that to you, you know? And so thank you for that. So now that, now that's something no veteran can argue with, you know, and and I've learned to return the, 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 uh, the expression saying, you know what, you are more than worth it, you know, and our country is worth it. It's still worth it to me. Uh, And what we have here in America is is such an amazing blessing. So I don't know if that helps, but I I would just say, yeah, just be yourself. Sure. And
0: let's talk about the other side of the coin of the challenges that that military folks face. And that is um, the wives and children or the husbands and children or just the general family that is, you know, we're we're here, we're home. And Mm -hmm. a son or a daughter or an uncle or cousin, somebody that we love, a husband, a wife, somebody is deployed. How can the church be an encouragement to the family that's here?
1: Yeah, two quick things. One, I think number one, d- don't don't ignore or or because of your maybe lack of confidence on what to say or what to do, uh, and and just hope that maybe things are taken care of. So, which I don't think happens often, but sometimes I think it does. Uh, and then secondarily, I would just say engage the, those individuals just. Just uh, organically and, and, and authentically and to say, what can we really do? You know, whether it's a pastor or a group of people in the church to say, hey, you know, we're, pray- we're praying for you. What do you need? So, and sometimes these folks don't know what they need. And so the response is naturally going to be, well, we're not sure. Thank you for praying. I guess that's all, you know, that's it, but maybe visiting them, you know, occasionally or, Hey, can we take you out to dinner? What, what are we going through? What can we pray through specifically? What are you feeling? What are you sensing? Um, What, what do you feel comfortable sharing with us that we might be able to, you know, just be a support to you. We want to understand. We want to know more. I think just even that expression of willingness and then being willing to do it, right. You know, that when they say that we want to spend some time or we need some fellowship, um, I'll just. Can I share one quick story? Yes, please do. So, so when my son, um, who was deployed, I want to, I want to say it was his second deployment, and we were kind of new to this thing, and, and knowing that he was in a position where, uh, you know, he was tip of the spear in many cases, and so that always resonated with a little concern as a parent. I dealt with it differently than my wife. Uh, she was like, I don't want to talk about it. You know, blinders. Let's not. We're not watching war movies. We're not. You know, it's like okay, I'm just focused on other stuff, so I don't have to think about it. That's her approach. My approach was. You know, I wanted to know my, hey, son, what's going on? What can we pray? I I wanted to know details, you know? So she was like, ah. So one of the times that we were talking, uh, he said, hey, dad, you're going to be outside the wire for a while. I'm not going to be able to, because he would FaceTime with us every once in a while. We'd be able to talk to him while he was, you know, in Afghanistan. And I knew that he was going to be in a you know situation. Don't tell mom, everything's cool, but you're not going to hear from me for about three weeks. And about halfway through this process, um, one Saturday afternoon, we get a we get a, the doorbell rings at our house and we're in a position, you know, where no, people just don't come to our house. We're not in a city. We're, we're kind of outskirts almost out in the country. And so my wife comes rushing into the garage where I was working on my car and, and I didn't see who had come to the door. And she said, Hey, someone's at the door. And I said, yeah, who is it? And she, she just looked at me with that, that kind of intense look. And I could see tears welling up in her, her, her eyes. And she said, someone is at the door. And she couldn't go, you know, and then my heart kind of sank. And I thought, oh, you know, because that's what you don't want to hear when your kids are deployed. You know, that, you know, that dreaded doorbell ring, they don't give you warning, they just show up, you know, if something happens. Um, if they're in their, their, uh, their battle fatigues, it means that they've been injured. If they're in their dress, you know, what they call their class A's, it means that, you know, there's been loss of life and they're coming to tell you that your you know, your child has been killed in, in action. So, all this kind of races through your head and you can just imagine the emotion, you know, that, that comes And So I opened the door and it was a, a guy delivering flowers. And you know, it's it's crazy because you think, well, good grief. What's the big deal? Well, because it's just again, you know what to expect. We've talked with so many gold star families uh, who have been through this process. So I take the flowers, I was relieved. My wife was, she was she was done for the day. You know, it was just like, ah, you know, and it wasn't that guy's fault, it had nothing to do with him, but but it was uh it was just interesting that that you you go through things like that and and people just and I, and I share that story to people, wow, that really makes sense. You know, so we're trying to just bring some awareness that. If you've got a family like that in your church, just come alongside and just engage them, I think, as deeply as they will allow you to engage. And I would say to parents that are listening that have deployed kids, let them, let them help you stay connected to community because isolation is the number one, it's the number one killer. You know, we, we just can't afford to do it.
0: Give us two or three things that you say, just don't do this. You know, like there are things that people do with a good heart, good motivation, they're trying to be a help, trying to be an encouragement, but it's just a, it just always backfires. What are some phrases we should not say, some things we just should not do towards yeah. a veteran or their family? Uh, just say, you know what, guys, just don't do this. What would it be?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a couple that come to mind. The one is don't just say thank you for your service and then pass it off as a, you know, like to make it, make it that, hey, I've checked a box as a citizen thanking a veteran. Um you know, again, I know a lot of, a lot of people aren't this way because they really do mean it. But some people, oh, thank you for your service. Good. Don't take that lightly. You know, again, I would say go deeper, you know, and, and maybe even say, hey, I know what you've sacrificed or, or, or I may not know, but I do appreciate it. I just want you to know I really, really, really appreciate it. So more importantly, I would say this. Don't ever ask a wife or, or a, a father or a mother or a family member. Don't ever say this. How could you let your child do that? How could you allow them to put their life in the line? That how, how could you let your kid join the military? That, that's a question that we get a lot more than you'd think. And it's such a weird kind of question because it's, it's like, okay, first of all, when my children reach the age of 18, it's, it's, you know, we've tried to train them in the way that they should go and it's their decision. And we have two boys, obviously have, who have decided, in fact, all three of my boys, my oldest son, he was in an ROTC program in college and he got med boarded out because he had a severe allergy that they just didn't want to deal with to tree nuts and all this stuff. So he, he couldn't serve, you know, just medically speaking, or he would have, we would had all three of them that, that would have served. We didn't push that in our family, but we did push this follow your heart, follow God's leading, and, and don't be afraid to love on people. Remember, it's not about you. It's about what God does through you. So, you know, we, 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 we're we thankful that they're serving, but and we're proud of them. And people are like, how could you do that? You know, if you really loved your child, you wouldn't allow them to be in that kind of a danger. And that is just such a, a, a weird kind of expression. And I get that people are like, I couldn't do that. Well, that's fine. I understand that. And I don't think you know, ill of that person, if they feel like they just couldn't allow their child or couldn't deal with the fact that if their child joined the military, but, but don't, don't make that statement uh, because there's so much more to it than that. Does that make sense, Daniel?
0: Absolutely. Speak to parents right now who have children in the military. Um, I think of my in-laws, their son just joined the Navy. Very proud. Shout out to Jonathan. Uh, very proud of him. Um, he, he's uh, out West right now getting on his first ship. So pretty amazing. Um, just got married. Very proud of him. Um, but talk to parents for a second. What should parents say? How should they respond in a Christlike manner? Should someone say something like that to them or say something that's just kind of off? How do you, how do you handle it? Like what, what would you say, or how do you respond as a parent when someone says something kind of off-putting like that to you?
1: Yeah, yeah, so my response to that has always been, you know, if, if my wife and I both we you, you you can't you can't get angry. I mean you can, but it doesn't really constructively help the process. So I always look at it as an opportunity to bring awareness. So I just say to an indi- individual like that, well, number one, hey, it's their life and we, you know, we just want to encourage them. Number two, although they're my child, my son, or daughter um you know if it's a if it's a, a woman because we have many women who are serving now too um I want to support them you know and they don't belong to me anymore you know they were entrusted to me by God to raise them in the way that they should go i let go of them and now i release them back to the lord and i release them to God and and you know the fact that they're willing to to do this i mean to me there isn't a greater expression of someone being more christ-like than to serve in the military Hmm. Now, when I, now, when I say that, a lot of people are going to go, what are you talking about? Well, we'll think about it. And this is just my, my perspective, because when you're willing to sign a blank check, willing to even not just give of your life, you know, your life's uh, time and, and efforts and vocation, and because you are, and, you, and the sacrifices that you make to be separated many times from your family, um, you know, you're obviously not just thinking about yourself. And then ultimately, if you're willing to give your life, you know, for a bunch of people that don't even know you. I mean, to me, what greater expression is there than that? Um, and and we help a lot of guys dealing with what we call moral injury, because a lot of guys go, people have a moral compass, whether they've gone to church all their life or not is really irrelevant. Uh, the fact that, that, uh, that they have some sense of, you know, I'm really not supposed to take the life of other people. And a lot of people deal with that in different ways, depending on where, where they're at. And so we tell them as well, hey, when you deal with that, uh, God's got a bigger plan. There, there is evil in this world. We would be naive to think that there is isn't evil that sometimes needs, that we need to push back. There is a time, it says in the Bible, for war, a time for peace. Uh, that God was a, he's a, he has a warrior heart against the things that he hates. And God God hates a lot of things. God's a God of love, but he hates love. He hates evil, hates darkness, hates sin. You know, he he hates all the things that that take, you know, what he has created and, and, and manipulates it into something that's not supposed to be right. So so he's given us the opportunity to to push back. And many times that's a physical thing. And so um, that's what I tell people. Be proud of your children support them and then find a support group to help you deal with the fact that, yes, we know that there are no guarantees. And I don't care how much you pray for, because this is the other thing I'll tell, especially the Christian parents, you can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. I can't tell you how many gold star families I've had this conversation with, but I prayed. I believed God was going to bring them home and they didn't come home. You know, so there are, no, there are no guarantees. I mean, you can fast and pray, but I believe that God is the God of eternity and it's not just about this temporal world, you know, and I think we've lost sight of that. Uh, but, but an experience like this says that, hey, what's most important is do everything you can to encourage your children, but then encourage them spiritually too. you know, yeah. make sure that they're, they got everything. And listen, the army, the air force, the Marine Corps, the Navy, they're going to give them everything they need physically, many times, even emotionally to do deal with what they're doing with, to give them the tools that they need to do their job but what they won't equip them with is a spiritual aspect. So as parents pour into them spiritually, make sure that you're being that responsible person to encourage that their hearts are right with the Lord and that they know that God's with them. I think that's a important. Yeah,
0: no, this is so good. And um, I think kind of the, the elephant in the room uh, in this conversation is uh, some of the politically charged issues around Afghanistan right now. And um, you know, we have to understand that we as citizens uh, we know in part, we see in part, and it's always a very small part. We don't, anytime there's military issues or affairs happening in the world, we only know a very small amount of the story and details. And, and you know, so we have to have at least a little bit of humility, right? When it comes to uh, what we're seeing on the news and who should have done what and who could have done this better. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, us sitting safely in our, in our uh, couches at home, only getting what CNN tells us or only getting what Fox tells us or only getting what a, um, what a, what a talk show host says or a radio host, uh, we're only getting some of the details. And even you as a parent with a son over there, uh, mm-hmm. you said, I think it's the seventh combat mission in that area of the world. Um, mm-hmm. Even you don't know all the details because he can't talk so to true. you about it. And, and so how, help us a little bit Um, How have you managed this very politically charged season around Afghanistan and all that's been happening, especially with a kid that's over Mm -hmm. there? And uh, how are you ministering to veterans who have served over there during this time? Like, can you just dive into that subject for a bit?
1: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. You know, so uh, because we've had so many wonderful relationships since 2016 in our launch, uh, we've had a lot of people come back and say, hey, I was there. You know, I lost I lost men and women there. Uh, we did so much there. Now it feels like that none of it mattered you know, that it was all for nothing. Um, And I think I I would say hands down, anybody who did serve there probably had some of that at some level, if they had that feeling and I'm at the risk of oversimplifying, and I know it's much more complex than that, but, but they, they sense that, you know, was what we really did and all that we did, we gave our, our life, our blood, our sweat, our tears, you know, and sometimes our friends that didn't come home and, or, or guys that are, that are now at home, missing a leg, an arm, two legs, you know, I mean, that have given so, so much. And and my response back to them, in fact, we did a huge campaign, you know, since last August and, and September, October, we've engaged with uh, a high level, about 300% increase in our, in our engagements online, just over this issue alone saying, hey, it did matter. Here's what you did do. The good things that came through the ministry that you, that you brought to, uh, the, the changes in Afghanistan, the fact that women and children were so much more respected, schools were built. There were, there were amazing things that took place. I mean, the list is, is long, right? And, and you, you can't say that just because now that we're seeing a deterioration of that, which is so unfortunate, that the 20 years that it did exist there helped so many individual people. And not to mention the fact, and I'll I'll just, uh, there are many others, but I'll just say this. When was the last time we had an attack on on our own soil? I mean, you made a difference. And I truly believe that, you know, so many people, oh, we lost that war. I, I just think that is such a false narrative. We won that war from day one. We, we now, did we. Can we control the community? No. Is Afghanistan like Germany or Japan or these other countries that we like to try to relate it to in World War II? It's so different. It's it's just a because it's an ideology that's that's shrouded in a religion. I mean, it's just so different. It's not fascism that we can attack it as a you know as a as a as a political perspective, right? That we can change. Uh, I don't think anybody has the uh, the courage to say that we want to control Islam, you know, just to say it, I mean, because, you know, there, there are many Islamic people who are, you know, that aren't radicalized, you know, so there's that whole issue. Uh, So uh, I go back and I tell them, you know, your involvement there did many, many good things, and your involvement to push back evil there, and you talk to anybody from Afghanistan, they'll tell you the same thing, unless they're part of the Taliban, you know, and they, and they are radicalized. Otherwise, they do see it. And I don't think it's over, Daniel. I really don't. Uh, I don't think it's over. Um, I'll be surprised if in some way we're not back. Um, I hope and pray that it doesn't constitute more opportunity for you know, attacks on our own soil, I, I pray, you know, and that's, and that's not political, that's just, you know, reality. Uh, but I, I, I want individuals to know that there is a there is a, a very important part of what they did uh, that made such a huge difference. So that's how we deal with it to encourage them, hey, what you did mattered. And yeah. now let's talk about how you can manage this by, by, you know, hey, you can't do this on your own. You know, there, there is this guy named Jesus who, who really wants to come and, and give you a bigger perspective. You nailed it. You said, hey, there's much more involved here. And I tell you, when you get your, your life aligned with God, that, that eternal perspective, I, it's amazing how that gives such more broad hope. It gives much, broad, much more of a broad um, understanding of, of things in the world. Um, and I think without a moral compass, or at least being intentional about that, that whole issue of, of God in my life, um, it becomes very, very difficult to to assess the, you know, because you're doing it on your own. God didn't design us to do that, though. He, he wants us to be, you know, connected to him and to others in the community of faith uh, that really brings it, uh, brings perspective.
0: Absolutely. You know, as we wind down our conversation, um, what I'd like you to do is, Uh, Tell us how we can get involved with the warrior's journey and uh, where people can go to access your many resources and, uh, you know, even financially, how can we support you Um, just tell us a little bit of the practical ways we can get involved and just to kind of undergird what you're doing to help our nation's heroes.
1: Oh, that's great. And Danny, I really appreciate you giving us the opportunity. We, there, are, there are over 45,000 veteran service organizations in the U.S. Uh, many of them are doing wonderful things. I will tell you, however, there are a lot of these organizations that are not doing wonderful things. Um, and I, that's not to be egregiously, you know, critical. It's just a fact that uh, I would say, be careful who you support. Um, look into it, do your homework, because uh, uh, support the ones that are that are making a difference. So for us, we've committed ourselves to making sure that when it comes to these, these areas of, of expenditure, which is really our programs that directly affect you know our involvement; it will affect an individual warrior or a family member. Uh, right now, we're we're about 87, 88 percent of every penny on a dollar goes back towards those programs. Uh, we do have some administration costs. Uh, we do have an office in Germany. We have a resiliency center there with a coffee shop. Uh, that's seeing 100 to 200 people literally every day coming through that area there in Kaiserslautern, just outside of Ramstein. So we have 16 people on staff there. The coffee shop is actually funding a lot of that. So we're trying to make it self-sufficient, which is great. Uh, However, it's not the case for most of our our services and and really the programs that we have. And uh, so we really try to keep that down. And even on the fundraising side, we have to be very, very careful that we don't spend money, You know, because you have to sometimes spend money to to raise money because we are nonprofit. So, uh, but we're very very careful to keep that in the in the single digits. You know, low double digits. You know, to say least right now it's in single digits, which we're grateful for. But this is one way you can help us because as we're online, it's just super inexpensive for us to connect with people online. Uh, Much of what we do are are through adword campaigns with Google and Bing and other uh, search engines. And, And right now, Daniel, this is really exciting. So about seven cents, five to seven cents. Uh, we can connect with a warrior so when someone literally gives a dollar we can reach you know 20 you know 15 20 people with a dollar it's it's amazing and to make that initial contact that gets us into dealing with what they're going through uh these things that that that, that really talk about the, the the family brokenness the hardship of separation the integration the transitional side of things we offer services to help these guys so really the key component is helping us just to have that infrastructure. So uh, the way that you could help uh, knowing that, uh, and, and really it's not about the amount. I mean, literally if you want to give a dollar a month, we'll put that to work. I mean, we'll, we'll make that, we, we can do a lot with that. No if you want to give a million dollars, that's even better. <laughs> so, you know, because we could, ex- we can expand that because we feel like we're just scratching the surface in many ways. There's so much more need out there that we haven't been to able to address to think that we've had almost a thousand suicidal interventions has been fantastic with, with not one person loss that we're aware of at this point. Um, and we do case management on all of those guys and we stay with them, you know, through, through their transitional times. But, um, we could be doing so much more if we had the funds to do it. So TWJ.org, very simple. Um, uh, you can type in warriorsjourney.org, but TWJ.org is, is our main URL. And uh, right there on the homepage, up in the upper right-hand corner, there's a little button that says Give. And if you click on that page, it really explains how that works. Very simple, very easy to do. Very, would love to have you come on board. Uh, if it's a one-time gift, that's great. Like I said, we will put that to work, and we are a nonprofit, hundred one c three, so it is tax deductible. Um, but more importantly, I think uh, uh, you know that effort by by any individual will be will be helpful. Or you could give monthly. If you just said, hey, there's a you know five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, twenty dollars, whatever that whatever that amount is. We're going to work hard and we'll keep you in the loop. We then have communication. We we share stories about how these resources are effectively being used. Your return on investment is super huge in our setting because, uh, again, because we leverage technology to make that initial integration. And then we have partnerships, kingdom partnerships, because uh, these aren't just people we say, hey, you know, go call these people. No, we're going to go with you. You know, we're going to help you fill out this application to a Mighty Oaks, you know, five-day intensive, and then as they're going through the program, we're communicating with those leaders, and as they come out of that program, okay, hey, what's next? Let's talk about what happened, and then what do you feel like God is doing now? We we offer these kind of coaching, you know, kind of a coaching service to these individuals, so this is the way that you can support us. Is is it it, it does take money? You know, obviously to to put this into action. And we're very, very careful to, uh, you know, not, not do what so many of these other organizations have done by, you know, as money comes in, this isn't about us. You know, we live pretty modestly. Um, uh, I, I don't, right now, currently, I'm not even taking a salary. I, I, I have personal support. I work more as a missionary, so I've raised support. I think that's going to change pretty soon, but, but even so, it's going to be a very moderate kind of thing. Uh, my wife is an educator, uh, so she she works. I always tell people she's she's supporting my missionary habit to to veterans. <laughs> so we it's not about us, I guess you know lining the pockets of individuals here. It's about how do we take as much of that pushing that back because every service, everything that we have, we want to ultimately make everything we do free for the veteran, free for the for for the military member. Right now, about eighty five percent of what we do is free. Uh, even when they go to these intensives, we take care of their airfare. They don't they don't pay a dime. They've given so much, right? They they've given so much, and so if you'd like to help us make that happen with more people, I'm telling you, you're going to change your life forever. Uh, And changing, yeah, changing the life of a veteran. There's, you know, I don't know. There's just that that is pretty cool when you when you see that what these people have done for us. That now they need our help. Yeah, they need our help more than ever. They've given so much. Now now it's time for us to give back. So, uh, we'd be happy to help facilitate that.
0: So good. Well, listen, I like to close my podcast the way we begin, and uh, we're going to have a prayer. So specifically though, why don't we pray? Uh, I'll, I'll pray after you because I want to pray for your meeting today uh, with the congressional committee. I think that's exciting and that even more meetings like that will transpire and that more doors would open uh, because quite frankly, our government needs what you're offering and uh, our, our military needs what you're offering. And so I pray for even more expansion and funding. Uh, so I'll pray after you pray. I'd like you to pray though, uh, just for uh, our veterans, our, our veteran families, and uh, that during this Veterans Day week that uh, the people of God would uh, mm. look and, 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 and seek out ways to give honor and appreciation to our nation's heroes.
1: That's great. Happy to do it. Thank you, Daniel. Father, I'm so grateful for, again, this time together and uh, for those who have been joining, listening, um, and as we all agree together on one thing is that those who have served, the families that have supported those who have served because they've served as well, uh, that we want them to know that we love them, that we do honor them and appreciate them. And we pray that that appreciation would go beyond uh, just maybe a a verbal expression of thanks, but maybe even investing um, in an organization, whether it's the Warriors Journey or other organizations that are doing so many wonderful things for, for these families, that we pray that you would bring uh, hope and healing and and uh, a sense of direction to every single individual. Uh, we are so grateful that we get to uh, pour into what we feel to be some of the most uh, amazing people uh, that uh, that have have really exist in our in our culture, uh, the citizens of our nation that were willing to again give their life uh, so that we could have continued life. So we commit ourselves to that. And God, we ask that you would help them to all sense your presence in a very powerful way throughout this week and in the weeks to come. And that God, you would give us the means to do even more, uh, whether it's partnering with the VA, which which you've opened doors there, partnering with the DOD, partnering with other organizations. Uh, thank you for the congressional members that really do see the need for not just these these areas of physical and emotional and, and, and psychological need, but the spiritual needs as well. And that you would open doors for partners to come alongside and to, to make it happen. Uh, we are we are here and God, we are your vessel. So use us, we pray, for these who have given so much, and we commit them to you. Jesus' name.
0: And, Father, I just want to lift up Kevin. I want to lift up the warrior's journey, his wife, his kids. Uh, Lord, I thank you for your divine protection over his sons and, uh, Lord, all of their teams, and that they would uh, be kept in your hand as they do their work. I pray, God, that you would grant your peace over Kevin and his wife and uh, your reassurance that uh, they know you. And, and ultimately, that's the most important thing. And, and God, I just pray that today, as he goes to his meetings with uh, these congressmen and women, that you would open up even more doors for them, and that there would be great favor in their conversations, and that there would be just a sweet spirit around the table, and that, Lord, you would open doors that no man could shut. I thank you, God, that you're bringing in all the resources and the people and the finances that the Warrior's Journey needs to be able to impact even more veterans. Father, I pray that every veteran listening and every veteran family that's listening would know that there are people out there that love them and are greatly appreciative and that you would somehow supernaturally uh, let that resonate in their hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Daniel.
0: Yeah. Hey, friends, we've been with Kevin Weaver. He is the CEO and the co-founder of The Warrior's Journey. That website, once more, Kevin, is?
1: Uh, TWJ for The Warrior's Journey. Don't forget the the. TWJ.org. Yeah.
0: yeah, TWJ.org. And so everybody needs to go there, check that out, forward it to a friend, especially if they're a veteran. Uh, so they can access those resources and uh, man very excited about what god is doing through the warrior's journey kevin thanks for being with us today
1: okay thank you daniel god bless and uh, thank you for your willingness to to bring uh, some awareness to this so appreciate it